Will you join me in a moment of prayer? Heavenly Father, we give you thanks today as we celebrate uh, the coming of your Spirit at Pentecost. We give you thanks, Lord, for those uh, 34 students who shared their faith on Friday. And this morning at 11 o'clock, will stand here and confess their faith, confess that they believe and trust in you. May we, Lord, as your church, gathered together today, proclaim your son Jesus to our world. May you guide and protect us as we do that, and may you give us hope in your son Jesus as we cling to him here in this place gathered together. In your name we pray. Amen. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. You may not realize this, but this is Pentecost is the beginning of the new church, the new covenant. Pentecost is the moment where it is the birth of the church. So it's your birthday today, and that is exciting. That's an exciting thing for us to uh, celebrate today. Our, our story today and the scripture I want us to focus on today is from Acts chapter 2, the story of Pentecost, the story of God's Spirit coming upon his church. And I also want to focus on a text that was not read from Genesis chapter 11, the story of the Tower of Babel, which is another assigned reading for this Sunday. But I'm going to read just a portion of our Acts text again to us. It says this, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed like tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. I'm going to skip the next section because that's a struggle for anyone to read. But I want to read this last section. You did an excellent job, by the way. I'm not going to try to do that again. But at the very end, it says, it says this. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? You see, this story is connected to the story in Genesis and the Tower of Babel. The Tower of Babel, if you don't know that story, basically the people of God after Noah are gathered together in one place. And they decide to build a city and a tower so that they can make a name for themselves. And God looks at that and he says, this is not good. He says, if they stay together like this, gathered around themselves, they will never come to me. And this is not good. So he comes to them and he breaks up their languages and sends them apart so that they can come and focus on him again instead of on themselves. And so the story of Pentecost really is God now sending his spirit to gather those nations again, to gather them together so that they can proclaim Jesus to the world. We are gathered here today so that we can be strengthened to go out from this place and share that Jesus with our world. This morning is also Confirmation Sunday. And in a little bit, in a couple hours, we'll have some confirmands here proclaiming their faith. 
to the world. And so today for them and for you, I want us to struggle with what does it mean to be the church on its birth today? I have a, I have a picture I want to show. Um, a, a number of years ago, we were in Boston uh, for a wedding, my family and I, and um, if you can see this, you know it's a number of years ago for two reasons. One, uh, my children are much younger in this picture than they are today. And number two, I have hair. So that, that's how you know it's been a while ago. Um, this is a picture of a ship called the USS Constitution. If you don't know anything about it, uh, it's in Boston. It's the oldest active military ship in the world. It is still an active naval ship. The Navy still runs it. They still have... Uh, people who are in charge of sailing it once a year. It goes out into Boston Harbor and sails uh, around. It is really a very neat thing. What is interesting about this ship and its ship design in particular is that um, ships prior to this generation of ships generally were flat-bottomed boats that over about 40 to 50 years would crush themselves based on the weight. So when these ship designers were building the USS Constitution, there was, a, there was the ship designers, what they did was they were, they were in church one day. They were sitting in the church, and they were sitting in a church, probably something very similar to this, sitting in the pew, like you are. And the ship, the ship builder was sitting in the pew, and I'm sure some, some pastor or priest was giving some great message about how... You know, this, this is the sanctuary of the church. But where you sit is actually called the nave, which literally means ship. And the shipbuilder looked up and he saw this, this thing and he said, you know, if we built ships like this, they would be supported and strengthened and they wouldn't break up. They wouldn't be crushed by the weight outside. And as, as this... Uh, person at the, at the ship was explaining this to us, I thought to myself, this would be great for a message one day. And so here you go. I bring that up because um, often in confirmation, uh, we, I give students an opportunity at the end to ask any question they want. And normally every year, uh, a student will ask this question, do I have to go to church in order to be a Christian? And of course, we all know the answer is yes. <laughs> yes, you do. Now, some of you may be thinking, that wasn't the answer I was going to give. Some of you may be struggling with that answer. Now, one caveat to that. That does not mean that if you miss a Sunday, you don't love Jesus and you're not going to be with him. The reality is, um, Pastor Steve and I are paid to be here. There are times we maybe would prefer to be sleeping in our own bed. And there are times that even through life happenings, that we miss an opportunity to gather together as God's people. But I am reminded often, as I walk with students, to remind them that we need to gather in this ship. Because the ocean and waters are coming all around us. I am not somebody who floats very well. When I was a young man we, in high school, we were required um, to jump 
into the deep end with clothes on and a swimsuit on, take our jeans off, tie them to try to make kind of a life jacket thing all while treading water. I personally believe this was to try to kill off the freshmen. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, somehow I did not drown in this moment. They say fat floats. I disagree. I sink. But in that moment, I remind students often, and I remind you today, that you may be the greatest swimmer floater in the world. When you swim in the ocean for long enough, you will drown. You see, I don't think that people walk away from the church because one day they were here and tomorrow they were gone. I think people walk away from the church because they've been swimming in the ocean by themselves for far too long. God told his people to gather together because we need to experience God's grace and forgiveness together. We need to love and care for each other so that we can walk together because out in that ocean, we will drown. I've joked that pastors really shouldn't sit up here for the services. We should actually sit down there as well to show you that we too need that grace and forgiveness. Don't ever believe your pastors and your leaders in church don't need it because we absolutely do. That's what we are called to be. The other thing about this ship that I remind you and I want to remind us today is that that ship was never meant to be stationary. In other words, that ship is not meant to be docked in the harbor. God's Holy Spirit, as it comes upon us and drives us, blows us out into the ocean so that we can grab others who are drowning, so that we can grab others and bring them onto the boat with us, to bring us to Jesus, to bring them to Jesus. That is what we are called as God's church to be. The last story I want to end with today is a story um, a number of years ago at my first congregation. I was getting ready uh, to take a call. I'd accepted a call to a new congregation in Big Rapids. I was in Cincinnati, Ohio. It was probably seven years ago. And normally, it, at any time you leave a congregation, you get a call and you, you move on to where God's leading. Uh, they have these, these kind of dinner things where they invite people to come and, and say things about you. And, and if you're like most church workers, you hate these things um, because, you know, we don't really like uh, praise and those kind of things. It just gets, we just don't like, I don't like it. I don't know about you, Pastor Steve, but I don't. I don't like these things. I mean, it's important for people to be able to share those things, but it's not, not my favorite thing in the world. But I'll never forget, um, a lady named Linda Baker stood up, and she said, Steve, I want to share my son's story with you today because he couldn't be there. He's a college student. And um, she got up and she said, Steve, I want you to know that you saved my child's life, both physically and spiritually by the ministry you did here. He is alive today because of you. I bring that story up not because I want to say, hey, look at me, look what I did. I bring that story up today because Trey, which was the boy's name, I would have never guessed those things about. I had no idea that he was really struggling with taking his own life. 
he happened to come to church one day. And I just said, hey, let's hang out. Let me tell you about this Jesus guy that I know. And we walked together for a couple years till he graduated. The thing about God's spirit and the way he leads is sometimes we are lucky enough to know God's put this person in our life and we're going to share Jesus with them and look, they're going to become a Christian. It's going to be great. Sometimes God leads us to places that we don't even know. We won't even know the impact of just loving someone and talking about this Jesus who loves us. We church, you church, we are called to share this Jesus with our world, with those who are dying, with those who do not know Jesus, and to gather them onto the ship with us. That is what we are here to do. Sometimes we know the words to say, and sometimes we don't. Sometimes we just love people to Jesus. That's our call. Our students, they're going to be here for confirmation. They're beginning that process too. Of what does this look like for them? Because someone loved them to Jesus. Somebody brought them into the boat. Today, tomorrow, when God's Holy Spirit guides you as we leave this gathering together, may you share that good news with those around you. May you grab people who are drowning in the ocean of sin and death and bring them to life in Jesus. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, today as we are gathered together as those disciples were many years ago, gathered together as your church, gathered together as your people who love you and care for you, gathered together on this ship called your church. As your spirit leads and directs us, may we go and share that good news with those around us. May we share that good news in whatever language it takes. Whether it's a physical language, Lord, or whether it's the language of love and care, with a hug, or a, I'm praying for you. Whatever it may be, Lord, may we be your church, gathered together so that we may go and change our world. Bring people who are dying in the ocean of their sin and bring them to life here, in this place, but more importantly, with your church. May we do that today and all days as we walk with you. In your name we pray. Amen.